0: This week on Ask Julian, it's the home show where we will investigate my top 10 true or false questions about home ownership and dealing with your most prized asset. Coming to you from the top of Green Tree Hill, overlooking the beautiful city of Pittsburgh, it's Ask Julian. Welcome to Ask Julian, the legal show where each week we tackle your most compelling legal questions right here. And now, attorney Julian Gray. It's time to play true or false. Here are my top 10 issues revolving around home ownership and planning for your most valuable asset. Number one, if I take out a reverse mortgage, also now known as a home equity conversion loan, someday the bank will simply take my home from me. This is a very common misconception and we get many questions about reverse mortgages. A reverse mortgage is just that, it's a mortgage. It's a mortgage that secures a debt where someone has loaned you money. But it doesn't mean necessarily that the bank is going to take your home. So for example, if you have a home that is paid off and you're getting up in years and want to tap some of that equity to help pay for living expenses or what have you, you can take out a reverse mortgage. And all this means is that a bank is going to lend you a certain amount of money, and instead of you paying a mortgage payment every month, the interest will just continue to accrue and become part of the debt. Eventually, that house is going to get sold or transferred. This will typically happen either by death or because the house simply gets sold to move somewhere else. And at that point, it's pretty much like any other mortgage. You call the bank and say, how much do I owe? So let's say the house is worth $150,000 and you took out a reverse mortgage that at this point has about $80,000 spent. Well, you don't have to give up your entire home to the bank just because it's a reverse mortgage. Instead, when the house is sold, the reverse mortgage gets paid off. So in this scenario, $80,000 goes to the bank and you still put 70,000 bucks in your pocket at the closing. Less closing costs, of course. So reverse mortgages can be helpful, but you have to understand how they work, and they don't necessarily mean that you will lose your home. Here's another question we get. If I transfer my house into my adult child's name, I will avoid Pennsylvania inheritance, also known as death tax. Well, this is a pretty interesting question. Because Pennsylvania is one of the few states in the country, I think there's less than 10 now, that have a death tax, and that is a state death tax. But Pennsylvania likes to do things its own way for a long time. I guess that's why we still have state stores. But the point is that you have to recognize that just because you give something away doesn't mean you always avoid the tax at death. It is true that Pennsylvania has what's called a one-year look-back period. So if you transfer something to someone, and you live an entire year after you transfer the title, you will not have to pay that dreaded Pennsylvania inheritance tax. But houses are special because what really typically happens is the parent still lives in the house that they transfer to their adult child's name. And that can still invoke Pennsylvania inheritance tax. One of the main reasons is because the parent is still, for all purposes, controlling and using the house even though the title is not in the parent's name. Transferring houses is scary stuff and should be taken seriously with a comprehensive plan revolving around that transaction. So just simply transferring your house to your adult child or children for a dollar can be risky business if you don't know what you're doing. Here's another question we get. Many people have second homes, a vacation home, beach house, something like that, the cabin, people think It's a good idea to have my family have written instructions on how the property is going to be handled when I die. This is true. The big question is, how do you do that? Should you just write down a piece of paper somewhere that says, here's how I want the vacation home to be handled, here's how people will pitch in to pay for the expenses, here's who gets to use it and when, what happens if it falls into disrepair, so on and so forth we've had many, many clients with vacation homes and second homes, many of which are outside of Pennsylvania, which poses another issue. If you go back and listen to our other podcast regarding revocable trusts, there's one answer for homes that are outside the state in which you live in. You can use a revocable trust to transfer title through that same trust, even though you have property outside Pennsylvania. But the point is that you really should have some type of written agreement, especially if the property has significant value. And that's typically done through some type of a trust document. Many, many parents and grandparents want that homestead, which was a source of great joy throughout their lives, to be kept up for future generations to use. But you really need to have a game plan where everyone understands what their rights, financial obligations are, and how to have some type of a back door in the event the family finally says, we really don't want grandma's beach house anymore. This should be handled with a trust document typically, and that will help avoid arguments down the road and everybody lawyering up and so on and so forth. Okay, here's another one. If my adult child lives with me and takes care of me, and this is a very, very common situation, and I then go into a nursing home. The state will let my child keep the home. Well, the answer is mostly true, if you satisfy certain requirements under the law. What we're talking about, and we talk about a lot, is Medicaid benefits, which cover over 50% of the long-term care costs here in Pennsylvania and around the country. And so what typically happens is that people who own a home and are elderly end up needing nursing home care the state starts paying for those services, which could amount to hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time the person finally dies. And guess what? When the person dies, the state wants repaid. We'll have another podcast episode on dealing with what's called a state recovery that you can listen to. But suffice to say, if the house is still in the name of the person who needed nursing home care upon death, there will be some reconciliation with the state to deal with, and that could get ugly. So there is a caregiver exemption here in Pennsylvania that allows people who take care of their adult parent for at least two years and can verify this to actually get the home for free, and it avoids going to the state of death. Well, what happens if you say, I just couldn't get around to it? I took care of my mom for four or five years before she went into the nursing home but I just never got around to ever getting the house transferred into my name." Well, not all hope is lost. Pennsylvania has what's called a hardship waiver, where even if you forgot to transfer the home into that adult child's name during lifetime, you can do it after death. And if you do it properly, you can actually still keep the home and not have to pay back the state of Pennsylvania. But The former exemption, which is transferring the home during the lifetime, is much better to do and much cheaper to do than going to the state and begging for forgiveness and approval of a hardship waiver. So whenever possible, we're trying to avoid doing things reactively and after death when it gets more expensive and the outcome is less certain and do things during lifetime and proactively. So if you're an adult child and you're living with a parent or you're helping a parent on a daily basis in their home, you should talk to an elder law attorney and find out what their rights and your rights are to protect that home and the equity in that home if their care needs become very expensive in the future. Ask Julian will return in a moment. But first, attention nurses, social workers, and administrators. Julian Gray Associates is proud to be hosting the 7th Annual Healthcare Professionals Conference on Tuesday, May 14th. Join us at the region's largest healthcare professionals educational event to learn about the latest updates in the industry. Continuing education credits will be provided. Get more information and register today at grayelderlaw.com to get the discounted early bird registration rate. Until April 1st. Now back to attorney Julian Gray. Okay, what about this one? Speaking of homes, if I utilize the Home and Community Based Aging Waiver Program to get Medicaid services in my home, I will have to turn over my home to the state immediately. Well, this one's easy it's simply false. There's no requirement that you turn the title of your home over to the state just because you're getting state covered Medicaid services. It's much like what we just talked about with the child care exemption for Medicaid nursing home coverage. And that is, they're both Medicaid programs. One covers your care if you go into a nursing home. One is covering the care for people who choose and are able to stay at home, which most people do prefer. Once again, that program is called the Aging Waiver Program and it's available Throughout Pennsylvania and it's very very helpful for people to stay in their homes, especially people that don't need round-the-clock care. So we try to help people stay in their homes for as long as possible, but with an eye towards the reality that someday they still may need facility level care, but hopefully it's just at the very end of their lives. The key is once again to recognize if you're going to access these home-based waiver program benefits. You do not have to turn your home over to the state. However, the state still will have that claim when the person dies against all the property still left in their name, and that typically will include the house. So you need to make plans and figure out what you'll do with the house before the person dies, and this can be done by an experienced elder law attorney's advice. Okay, next one. If I have a power of attorney... My agent can transfer my home title to protect it if I require expensive long-term care. And like any good lawyer says, it depends. It could be true, could be false. We have a whole nother program on powers of attorney that you can listen to to get more information about powers of attorney, but here's the key. If you have the power to transfer assets in the document, then you may be able to transfer the home title. That means the power of attorney document should specifically say that the agent can transfer title to the home. But it even has to go a little more than that because the typical transaction people are anticipating is selling the home. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about protecting the home for the adult kids typically, or one of the kids. And that is a gift, my friends. And so the power of attorney which anticipates someone may have to step in and sell a house at some point for a person who doesn't have cognitive abilities anymore, it's a whole different story when you're giving the home, especially to yourself, if you're the agent under the power of attorney and you're also the adult child. The answer is, it is possible. But you have to have a properly drafted power of attorney that allows you to not only transfer the home, but also to make gifts and also to make broad gifts. And that's a whole other topic. But just understand, the document is where it starts. Second question is, if the home is transferred, even if the power of attorney allows the agent to transfer title to the home, it might still be a problem because Medicaid has a five-year look-back period for those types of transfers. So you have to get over that hurdle as well. So the point is that, once again, plan ahead. Just because you have a power of attorney doesn't mean it's the right power of attorney. And just because you're an adult child doesn't mean you have any legal right to that home. You need to find out under what circumstances that home can be transferred to protect it if the parent requires expensive long-term care. Okay, moving on. A little less about long-term care and more about deeds. Many, many, many people hold on to the original deed that they got when they bought their home. So the question is, the original deed that I received when I bought my home can it be reused to sell it and pass title someday? It's always oh, kind of interesting, and I think it comes from the, the the fact that when we buy a car, we get a certificate of title, um, and if you have a loan, once the loan's paid off, you get your title, but it's different for real estate. In a car in Pennsylvania, when you go to sell a car, you, know, you take the title and you flip over the back of the title and you sign it over to whomever you're buying or selling it to or trading it in or whatever. Pennsylvania's not like that. So the original deed that you got, that everyone signed at the closing when you bought your home, really becomes pretty much worthless after it's recorded. You see the original documentation is scanned at the Recorder of Deeds office, and that is the official record. So you can't reuse the deed. In fact, if you look at a deed, there's really no place to turn it over and sign it over to another third party like you could with a vehicle. So the original deed is something you can throw in your safe deposit box frame it on your wall, or throw it in the garbage. It really doesn't matter when it comes to transferring it down the road. The next party that comes in to buy your home will have to have a new deed prepared. Okay, so that's false. You can't reuse a deed once it's been recorded. The next one, and I know we talk about trusts a lot, so let's dive into that for a few seconds. How about if I place my home into a trust, will my real estate taxes change? The answer is typically no, this is false. As we talked about in programs before, transferring things into trusts many, many times has zero effect on the peripheral aspects of managing the asset, meaning real estate taxes don't change, the property doesn't get reassessed, nothing like that happens. But you have to be careful and take some detail whenever you're handling these types of transactions. So you want to be careful to make sure your real estate taxes will get sent to the right address. That's helpful. Um, If you have a bank paying your real estate taxes, you'll want to make sure to fill out the certificate of residence correctly so that your real estate taxes don't go to the wrong place. Um, But for all intents and purposes, when you transfer your home into a trust, the biggest thing you will see is that when you get your tax bill, it's going to look a little different. It's going to say trust on it or trustee and then with your name. And that's about the only change you'll see. However, one word of caution. Most people, I would like to believe, have homeowner's insurance. When you transfer your home into a trust, be sure to contact your insurance agent and immediately ask the insurance agent to add your trust as an additional insured under your policy to make sure there's no gaps in coverage. Remember, when you bought your house and put it in your name, You owned it, and you're the insured person named on your homeowner's insurance policy. When you put it into trust, the trust now owns the house, and so the trust needs to be insured as well. This should not cost you any more as far as insurance premiums or whatnot, but it's just a good idea to make sure that everything is covered. Okay, one that we've touched on before, but I think it's important to make sure we understand, and that is... If my home is titled in a living trust, it will be protected if I go into a nursing home. This is simply not true. It's not true in Pennsylvania and many other states across the country. As I've said before, if you have a trust and you don't know if the trust protects your home and other assets from nursing home spend down, have us take a look at it. We'll be happy to tell you whether it will work or not. But basically, living trusts are not meant to protect assets in the event you go into a nursing home, they're used for many, many other purposes, but protecting from nursing home spend down is typically not one of the uses for that. And last but not least, if my home is titled with my spouse, I need to record a new deed when my spouse dies. So many, many people out there buy their homes, and the title they get has husband and wife or partner to whomever on there, two people on the deed, and at some point, inevitably, one person is going to die. And the answer is false. You do not need to go down to the courthouse and pay an attorney to transfer the the title to your home on the record to the surviving spouse. All that happens from a legal documentation perspective is someday when that surviving spouse dies and the home is sold by either the executor of an estate or a trustee, or even if the surviving spouse decides to move out and sell the house before they die, They will simply place a little recital paragraph in the deed, the new deed, that says, I took title with my spouse, my spouse died on this day, and now I own the whole property, and I'm selling it to you. So that is how that works. And finally, speaking of getting things at the recorder's office and looking at titles to property, watch out for some of these scams that we see coming out that are being direct mailed to people. Many people who are recording deeds, or for some reason, third parties are just combing the courthouse, and now with the internet and the access to online records, pretty much anyone can get access to a copy of the deed to your home. But there are a lot of companies out there we've seen now that are sending out requests to homeowners to get them a copy of their deed, and they charge sometimes what we would consider to be unfair prices for something as simple as getting a copy of your deed, There's no special magic here, folks. You can get a copy of your deed anytime by contacting the local county recorder's office. And I don't know what it costs, but it's not real expensive. Um, I would say on average under 20 bucks. So if some company contacts you and asks you to pay them an exorbitant amount of money just to get a copy of your deed, know that you can probably get it for yourself a lot cheaper. So that's it for the home show, folks. If you've got other questions about homes, please feel free to send me an email at askjulian at grayouterlaw.com, and we'll be sure to talk about your home issues on our next podcast. Thank you for listening to Ask Julian, the legal show hosted by attorney Julian Gray. Send your questions to AskJulian at GrayElderLaw.com and tune in each week on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Julian Gray Associates is a Pittsburgh-based law firm. The information provided in this podcast is not intended to be legal advice. You should consult independently with legal counsel regarding your individual situation.